traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. This is Scott Miller coming to you live from Delray Beach, Florida on the International Equine Report. And we've got a lot of good things that we're going to talk about here today, kind of wrap up the end of the year that we had, uh, you know, here at uh, IEN. I'm going to do that and uh, talk about some exciting things coming up for 2023. Uh, I'm getting really excited about a lot of the different things that we have going on here um, with what we're doing. Um, you know, I, I tell you, it was a rough year last year. In 2021, I spent eight and a half months uh, uh, doing chemotherapy with cancer. And then in 2022, I came back out and late June, early July, I had a relapse, and, and I was two and a half months into the hospital in ICU uh, for 12 days, and just really didn't look good for me, and but God pulled me through it, and all my friends, uh, like at BBS, and all the friends here at uh, Palm Beach Downs, and Delray Equestrian, and Sunshine Meadows, their prayers got me through it, so doing really good now, and we're looking forward to a real good 2023. Um, it's going to be an exciting year. We've got a lot of things that are going on um, with the, tri the Kentucky Derby, the Triple Crown, the Breeders' Cup. It'll be in November um, with Quest for Equine Gold. Uh, we've got a lot of good things that are coming up. And we um, encourage you to go to our website and see that what we have uh, on here. Uh, I'm going to run through them here real quick before we get into uh, our, our regular programming here. Um, we have a program called At the Wire. It's uh, about thoroughbreds, and it's got the current uh, uh, racing season, and you'll know, have the race of the week on At the Wire. Um, it's a real good uh, program. Uh, we go from various tracks across the country and take a look at that. Right now, it's blank. Uh, we're getting ready to fill in our live racing for um, this weekend. Uh, we'll be uh, posting that on there uh, uh, sometime today, uh, this afternoon. Um, we have Chuck Wagon. Uh, Chuck Wagon is an uh, equine RV uh, program for the horsemen that are traveling in the uh, in their RVs all across the country. Um, we'll have uh, all kinds of things on uh, Chuck Wagon. We're going to have uh, um, cooking uh, tips. We're going to have any and everything that you could uh, have on the road uh, to feed your crews um, at whatever event you're at, whether it's uh, racing or sales or show horses or, you know, just anything equestrian. Um, it's really going to be a good program. I think you're going to like it. Uh, we're uh, getting ready to bring in a host for that show. We'll be making that decision this afternoon, um, and we'll be posting that on, on, the, on the host that will be on that show. We're keeping it secret now uh, for the time being. In other words, I haven't decided yet who's going to be on there. So uh, and we've got that, and then we have Chucker. Um, Chucker is going to be uh, domestic and international polo. Um, it's really big in the wintertime here in the States. Um, in California, here in Florida, it's really big, and we're going to kind of go behind the scenes and see just what it takes to, uh, uh, you know, have a polo match. Um, it's amazing. Uh, some of the things that you'll see in there you won't believe, and some of the people that you see playing polo, you won't believe. Uh, we have um, uh, politicians. We have uh, movie stars. We have athletes um, of all, from all sports. Uh, it's a who's who and who's playing. Um, it's really kind of exciting to watch um, polo, and, and you see uh, a lot of people uh, that you wouldn't expect to play polo. In fact, um, I was at the polo matches at uh, Palm Beach last year, and it was interesting to see um, there was a lady sitting there, and she goes, she jumps up, and she says, oh, my God, oh, my God, and we thought something was wrong with her. And what had happened is her doctor, her doctor was playing polo, and it just stunned her. She didn't know, you know, that he played polo. So, uh, you know, it's kind of an exciting, you know, thing to watch. And then um, that we, we jumped from there, from uh, Chucker to uh, Flying Turns, which is all about, uh, standard bred horses, and uh, it's kind of an interesting um, 
a sport in itself with standard breads uh, from all over the world. And they race uh, year-round over in uh, Europe. They're racing. They're racing here in the States. Uh, it's just an amazing um, the process that it goes that they go through to train these horses. It takes many, many miles. It's not so much the months that they put in. It's the miles that they put in. And some of these horses are training uh, anywhere from three to, uh, or should say, um, conditioning uh, anywhere from three to five miles a day, uh, six days a week. And, and it's it's really exciting to see um, the love that uh, the people and the horses have for uh, flying turns. Uh, the reason we named the show Flying Turns, that was the first show that I ever did. Um, it was from Freehold, New Jersey. I did that with Steve Wolf. Um, which is a, a, a great, great horse. Uh, Steve is really uh, fantastic. Uh, he's a harness uh, rider. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Steve was really uh, is really a good person um, to you know get involved uh, with there, and, and so I, I'm excited to have that come in, um, you know, into play. And you'll be seeing where they're racing at. Uh, from week to week and what the big races are on there. And then we have, of course, today the International Equine Report. We'll be posting that, uh, this report, uh, as soon as uh, the guys at DBS get it up for me. Uh, we will uh, post it there and you can, uh, um, you know, listen to it or, or look at it uh, until next week. And then we'll be next week's uh, same time. And then we have Quest for Equine Gold, uh, which is... Uh, a tremendous uh, program that we have. Uh, we have FEI jumping on uh, there uh, that will be coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, we have the uh, program from uh, uh, the 27th uh, of December. Uh, it, it already aired, but you can look at it again. Uh, that's Quest for Equine Gold, and we follow um, the show horse industry all around the world. And you can find out who's going to... Um, the Olympics, and that's how it got its name, Quest for Equine Gold, because all the programming there will be people that are geared and trained uh, to get to the Olympics. And uh, that, that's on our website every day that we have there. Uh, we have uh, Last Call. Uh, Last Call is a uh, equine sales. And what I like about Last Call is that it's so exciting. It's probably the most exciting part of the horse business of all breeds, uh, because th these are live sales that we broadcast. Uh, our next live sale will be uh, 20, January 24th and 25th um, from Ocala Breeder Sales in Ocala, Florida. And it's uh, it's for horses of racing age, and I tell you, it's exciting because uh, they have what they call an under-tax show, and that, that's uh, on January 23rd, that's at 9 a.m., and then the uh, sale is on uh, January 24th. And you see some of these horses go for millions of dollars. And uh, you can follow them to the racetrack. Some of them get to the derby. It's just unbelievable with the things that uh, uh, you see at these horse sales. Uh, you know, they go behind the scenes and talk to the owners and the buyers and the trainers and the riders. And they tell you any and everything about, about the horse that will uh, be in the sales and what I like about it is uh, these sales are all open to the public, and they're free to go to. And you can you never can't tell. You might not know anything about a horse, but after you've been to a few sales, you might get interested in buying a horse. And you don't have to spend a million dollars. They have a lot of horses that are very inexpensive that you want to do very well, uh, you know, on the racetrack or on the show horse ring after the three weeks. But um, that's called Last Call. And you'll see where uh, all, the, all the sales are coming from. And as a matter of fact, um, the Keeneland uh, January sales uh, that we just talked at, that'll be coming up um, at Keeneland on January 9th through the 12th, um, they had 1,509 horses that were cataloged for the sale. And that's a tremendous amount of horses that'll be, uh, you know, coming up for auction. And you can come to us and you can watch it on, on our network and, and get uh, behind the scenes and see who's, uh, who's doing what 
uh, I can't believe that they've got 1,500 horses, uh, you know, that'll be coming up here in January. And that starts off the whole uh, whole equestrian season for, uh, you know, the thoroughbreds. Uh, that, that's, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that the year's already gone, gone by. And now we're all starting to cycle over again. For equestrians, uh, the year pretty much uh, lasts, uh, goes from uh, uh, December through November. Uh, you start getting ready in December uh, uh, for the whole season, and then you go right on through um, to November. And most of all, your uh, world championships and, and uh, your big races all uh, end in November, kind of, you know, stop, and then you get like a 30-day reprieve, and then it all starts back in January. For example, like uh, with the last call, uh, we have uh, the English uh, January online sale at New Market Australia. Uh, that's on January 6th through the 11th. We'll have that on our network. We have the King of January uh, Horses of All Ages sale in Lexington, Kentucky, January 9th through the 12th. Then we have the Magic Million, the Gold Coast Yearling Sale uh, from Queensland, Australia. Uh, that's the Magic Million. Uh, that's January 10th through the 16th. Uh, then we have a um, sales uh, from, oh, let's see, where's another one? We have we got one from the UK. We've got the OBS, the old Calibrator sale. Um, we have um, uh, the Tattersall sales from uh, England coming up, New Zealand, uh, France. Uh, it's just amazing how many. Uh, countries start their sales off in January, and uh, a lot of times you see a lot of these horses go for millions of dollars, and then you'll see them, you know, popping up again in in uh, the spring and the summer, uh, you know, on our network racing. Uh, that's last call. So you know, tune in and see if you can pick the right horse. It don't cost you anything to watch and pick it, uh, you know, in your house. There. Now, if you go to the sales and you want to raise your hand, it's going to cost you. So just remember that. Then we have a quarter time. And it's a live program. That's about the quarter horse industry. Um, we'll have uh, things like the quarter horse congress. Uh, we'll have educational programs. Uh, have all types of um, different programs. Uh, I'll be on there about the quarter horse industry. And it's an amazing industry because that's the one where the real cowboys are at and cowgirls are at. Um, they, they've got so many things that they do in the quarter horse industry. And that's what I like about the program. It's something that's refreshing and, and it's exciting to watch. And, and you just never can tell, uh, you know, who's going to be there. Uh, these are the backyard uh, questions. Uh, and, and some of them end up going to the quarter horse Congress in October. And it's a, that's an amazing event. Uh, you're looking at 30 days of, of horse shows and, Horses from all over the country, all over the world, um, that are showing, and you see all levels from the little kids up to the to the experts um, that have been doing it for years, and that's a, that's a nice show to watch. It kind of gives you an insight about um, how the quarter horse industry came around. You know, these are the real cowboys that got organized and started showing, and, and it's a, it's a good program. Uh, it's and the AQHA is does a fantastic job. On putting on performances, whether it's a small show or a big show, um, it's quality, uh, you know, from the get-go with them, and I like that. And then we have um, zero to ten, uh, and this is about dressage. And, and the reason I named the program zero to ten is that's how they uh, they give points and how they score uh, dressage shows. Uh, they get from zero to ten points. And we go behind the scenes there uh, with um, the uh, U.S. Uh, United States Equestrian Federation. Uh, they can tell you all about dressage. It's, uh, it's really good. It's educational. And you don't have to know a lot about it to, to watch that program because these horses dance to music. And that's what it's all about. So that's our program, zero to ten. And then we have... Um, we have domestic and we have international programming that we have. Uh, like today, for example, uh, we have live now. It's the FEI Driving World Cup Championships. It's from Belgium, and that started a few hours ago. 
and that's uh, our part of our international program. And then, uh, you know, you'll see something from a foreign country uh, every week, uh, new or actually almost every day. Uh, that's new on our international uh, programming there. Um, and some days we'll be coming from Belgium, and we'll be coming from France and Ireland and England and Australia. And, uh, it's just a really good programming, uh, you know, there for, to give that international flavor. And uh, most of the programs are in English. Uh, you know, we try to get it to where they're in English. And, but it's kind of nice to hear a foreign language, if you speak any foreign languages. Uh, you know, you might be watching a program that's in a language that you understand. And that's why we uh, like to have you come and watch uh, the international uh, segment of uh, International Equine Network. And, and, there. and then we have our domestic. Um, like today, we've got a little thing that we have on there. It's a $100,000 uh, uh, show um, that was held at the World Equestrian Center. Uh, it's it's really a, a good little segment there to see. It shows you uh, what what uh, show jumping is like at the World Equestrian Center. Uh, it's really a good program, very informative, and uh, you know, no telling what you'll see uh, on our domestic programming. Uh, we might have um, you know polo with the horses, uh, you know, a segment on that, and we might have uh, sales, and we'll have we'll cover all the all the domestic um, equestrian industry on this show. So tune in every week or every day to see, uh, you know, what we have on there. And if you got something that you would like to put on, um, that, that, uh, your your event, or, you know, tell us what you're doing, uh, just contact us at 561-466-1272. And you can talk to me, and uh, we can put your event on our, on our programming. And it won't cost you a thing. Uh, right now, I'm just looking for content for the program uh, that we have here. And the best way to help you uh, is to, um, you know, get your product out there. And that's what it's all about. We want, we want to get the product out there. We, we want to become the largest uh, distribution uh, company of equine uh, programming in the world. That's my goal for 2023. Uh, to do that, and it, it may sound like it's crazy, but it can be done, and that's where we need to get into, um, you know, the uh, distribution aspect of, uh, of the horse industry. That helps everybody, uh, from the tack shops to uh, the, the racetracks, the showgrounds, uh, uh, the camping people. Um, you know, we we do all that. That helps everybody, and and to do that. And that, that's what we're looking at. For example, uh, there's a company uh, that um, uh, they uh, report on uh, the thoroughbred industry. It's called TDN. It's the Thoroughbred Daily News. And they have 19 million page views. That's 19 major, uh, million page views last year on their, on their website. Uh, it's just unbelievable to see. Um, you know, how fast they're going. They went, they were at 5.3 million in 2021 in 20, at um, the beginning of 2021. Now they've got 19 million um, that have looked at it. And the monthly activity is 607,000 active users um, on, on their programs. And, and, you know, it's, that's just the thoroughbred. That's just one company from the thoroughbred industry. That has that kind of uh, you know uh, interest in it, and, that, and that's why we try to explain to everybody that we would like to have them join what we're doing, and you can put your information, uh, whether it's uh, print or whether it's video or audio, we'll be glad to put it on intv.org, and it's free. It just all it takes is a, is a phone call or an email, and our email is ienequinetv uh, at gmail.com. Uh, you, can, you can come and uh, send it to us, and we'll put it on there for you. You know, and it's free. It just takes you a little time, and who knows what might, you know, become uh, of your information. You could start growing like uh, the thoroughbred uh, Daily News did, and, and that's what we're trying to do here. 
to get help help the question is what we want to do is help and then we're going to be adding some new things uh to iencv.org um of course we got the breeders cup that we follow year round and then we have a documentary called how they get there the 2023 kentucky Derby. um the, the journey starts with the owner then we'll introduce you to the trainer We'll show you equine transportation, how they get to the derby on uh, planes and uh, basically planes, trains, autos, and, uh, uh, you know, trucks. Uh, you know, get you interested in it. You'll see how they get them there. Uh, we'll talk to the blacksmith on how they keep their feet healthy and, and the shoes on. Um, we'll talk about the feed and how they get there, uh, how you feed a derby winning horse. Uh, we'll also talk about the equine sales. Uh, um, where you can go and possibly buy you uh, a future derby horse. Uh, then we go to um, the derby prep races. Uh, we start talking about how how they get there through these derby prep races, and, and that's that's exciting. Uh, then we talk about and, and talk to the owners, the decision to run in the Kentucky Derby. Um, you know what all they have to go through to, you know, decide whether they're going to run in the Derby or not. And, and how the uh, the races that they're going to run in, and that that's the most probably the most unique thing uh, of, um, of what we're doing and how they get there. Uh, it, it's a, a great time a year now. Uh, everybody's kind of got an idea where their uh, their horses are at, and, and then to get to the Kentucky Derby, there's a series of races that you have to run through. Uh, it, it's 37 races actually on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you don't have to run at all of them. You just have to have the points um, to get into the Kentucky Derby. And, and that's why it's important that you have to select uh, the right track, uh, where to go to, and, and uh, make sure that you're getting points for, uh, you know, the races that you're running in and, and you know, that type of thing. Uh, usually the, uh, the, the point system set up. Uh, to get into the Derby is you get 10 for uh, first, uh, four for second, three for third, two for fourth, and one for fifth. And it usually takes you in, I'd, I'd say, you know, 40 to 50 points, you know, to get in, uh, depending on, you know, how, how it's spread out, um, you know, that type of thing. But it, it's kind of exciting because um, usually every, every month, um, from here on in, there's three or four or more races to get into, uh, you know, how they get there and earn points for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, for example, um, like this uh, this coming month uh, in January, we've got three races. Um, January 1st, 2023 is the Jerome Stakes from Aqueduct. It's a $150,000 race at a mile for three-year-olds. Then we have um, Smarty Jones also on January uh, 1st from Oakland Park. It's a $250,000 race, um, a mile on the dirt. And then uh, we have the Sham, uh, the Sham Stakes from Santa Anita. Uh, that's on January 8th, $100,000 going a mile. And then we have the, um, the Comet, uh, January 21st. At the fairgrounds, it's $200,000 going a mile on the 16th on the main track. And then we have the Southwest from Oakland Park, uh, which is um, uh, on January 28th, $750,000 a mile on the 16th on, on the dirt. So as you can see, um, there's a lot of races that are coming up uh, for you to qualify your horses in. And there's a lot of money there. There's a lot of money being put up for these races. And, and, you know, from an owner's standpoint, it takes a lot of um, things that you have to do to uh, get them there. And, and having said that about the qualifying points to get into uh, the derby, uh, there's also another way you can get, get your horse, test your horse to see if he's ready to go, um, you know, for the derby. Um, one allowance race, two derby prep winners. Uh, so that, that was a, uh, uh, interesting to see. We had uh, a couple of horses that uh, chose a, uh, a lesser type of race uh, to go to and run in and to see if they were good enough. It was a quality field, and so the owners now know that uh, 
that they might have a derby horse. Uh, they might have a derby horse because they're showing, you know, in, in the sort of allowance race that they had. And, uh, you know, I tell you, it, it's probably a good idea to do something like that, to run on an undercard and, and not run in the races uh, you need derby points for, uh, because it really gives you a test of how good your horse is. And you don't want to be, you know, putting your horse in over his head. So you might have a little, uh, few little races that you might want to test them in. And then that would determine if you go up to another race like the Southwest States where you're going to have, you know, eight or nine top quality horses. And so you see a lot of these small allowance races that come along to do that. And, and, you know, I, I've, I've been down that derby trail several times myself, and I tell you, it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, you, you wonder how they get there, and, and uh, so I, I named that program or this documentary um, how they get there uh, when when I was traveling with the horses, going from place to place. Uh, I see a lot of people uh, going down the road, and they they would honk their horns and wave at us, and and then would stop, you know, to get fuel and. They would look in there, and we would show them what it looks like for the horses to ride in the back of the trailer and, you know, things of that nature. And so I got to thinking, you know, that's probably uh, a question that uh, maybe even some of you listeners have wondered about is how they get to the race or how do they get to the Kentucky Dirt. And so now we're going to show you in this documentary. It's going to be an hour-long documentary, and it's going to be interesting to, uh, um, to watch and to see and take you behind the scenes, and you don't have to be a horse person to, to watch it. And that's the great thing about this. It's going to be informative, and it's going to be entertaining. And then that way, after you watch the documentary, how they get there, then when the Kentucky Derby rolls around, you'll be able to watch the Derby, and you'll know how they got there. And so that's what we're trying to do with the program. So if you got any how they get their stories, uh, give me a call or give me an email. Uh, Tell us your experience traveling with the horses. They don't have to be uh, race horses. They can be uh, show horses. It's all about transporting the horses. And you also, know, you know, that's what we're looking at there. Um, but, you know, on how they get there, there's so many things that are coming up that we see coming. Uh, we've got uh, every week we'll have the 29 top horses for the Kentucky Derby that, that are coming in. And uh, you can come to us every week, uh, every Monday, uh, Sunday, or every Monday I'll be posting. I'll get all the results in from that week's races on Sunday, and I'll be posting uh, the top uh, uh, 29 horses that you'll see that are leading for the Kentucky Derby. And um, the top horse at this stage and point is a horse called Forte. Uh, he's got 40 points. He's made a million five hundred forty thousand five hundred forty-five thousand dollars. He's trained by Todd Fletcher, and he this horse is just unbelievable in um, what he's doing and how he's doing it. Um, he, he's just every race that he's gone into, he's met he he's met the requirements and he's dominated these races. This horse is just dominated. The second place horse uh, that um, that we have on our list is Curly Jack. Uh, he's got 17 points. And then from that point down, it goes from 17 down to one point in the 29 that we have that we have listed. And let me tell you, when you're when you're sitting up there and you're 23 points ahead of the second place, if you maintain a proper schedule for the uh, Kentucky Derby and you keep them right on schedule, and you win a couple more races during the spring and, and during the winter, uh, it's going to be hard for anybody to, you know, jump there. And, well, in fact, it would be almost impossible for, you know, uh, 19 horses to jump off ahead of you. Uh, so, you know, it's pretty much a uh, lot Forte and Todd Fletcher have a lock on the derby, maybe even the, the, the you know, the number one spot in the Derby. But it's still too early to say. But it looks like that he's going to be the one that everybody will be chasing this year. And so, that you know, that's what we're looking at. Like I said, about 
every month we got like three or four different races that will come up with how they get there. And we'll broadcast those live on uh, IANTV.org. It'll be a good time to sit down and watch them. Uh, You don't have to worry about paying for parking or paying to go through the uh, the admissions gate or anything. It's all free. Uh, Just come to IANTV.org and see what we've got going on. Um, then we have the first leg series uh, of the um, how they get there, uh, which is really, really, really good. Uh, the point system that they're getting here to add to what you're getting is uh, when you get into the, the leg, first leg in the series, um, points are 50 points for first, 20 points, um, yeah, 20 points for second, 15 points for third, fourth. That place gets 10 points and gets you five points. And so we have, that's the first leg. And you don't have to run in all these races, but, uh, you know, these are races that are are really good to go go to. And you can make a lot of money through them. We have the Risen Star uh, at the fairgrounds. It's February 18th. That's $400,000 to the winner and 50 points. We have the Rebel Stakes in Oakland, which would be a million dollars. That's February 25th. We have the Fountain of Youth at Gulfstream Park, um, which is uh, 400000 That's March the 4th. Then we have the Gotham uh, from Aqueduct. It's 300000 Um That's March the 4th also. Then we have Santa, Santa Lupe, which is 400000 from Santa Anita, uh, March the 4th. And then March 11th, we have the Tampa Bay Derby from Tampa Bay Downs at $350,000. And then we have, um, to end that uh, first league series, Sunland Derby from Sunland Park, which is March 26th, and that is 500000 So now you're looking at a lot of races where you can really start putting away the money. And all these purses have increased uh, over, over the last year. And so, you know, it, it makes the... Uh, uh, what it does actually is the purse money is so good is that it attracts the owners and, and they double the points and it gives you more points and so it makes it easier for you to get points for the derby but it also is a harder series of races you know you're going to be running against the top guns so that that's why they created the series to do that then they have the uh, they have the second leg of the series uh, that, um, that they start. And races are major prep races for the Kentucky Derby and thus weighted more heavily. Uh, these, these horses will have weights getting close to the 126 pounds that they'll be carrying in the Kentucky Derby uh, is what they'll be uh, doing. And again, you know, they've increased the weight, uh, they've increased the money, and, and therefore they're hoping to attract uh, a lot more um you know, horses of quality in here. And here, here's here's the breakdown on it. Um, first place gets 100 points, twice the points that they get in the, in the first leg. Um, they get second place gets 40, third gets 30, fourth gets 20, and fifth gets 10. And so you can really start putting your uh, points together then. And it starts out, um, uh, this is the final run to the Derby. Is the final prep races, and, and once you run these races here, it's highly unlikely that you'll run again prior to the first Saturday in May. And so this is your last two raw in this second leg of the series. Have the Louisiana Derby, March 25th, which is a million dollars um, at uh, the fairgrounds in New Orleans. Have the UAE Derby, which is $2 million uh, in made-in uh, racetrack. Uh, we have the Jeff Ruby, uh, 200000 from Turfway Park on May, on March 25th. Uh, so that, that that's a pretty good march there. If you, you want to try to make some money and get a lot of points uh, to do that. Uh, then we have um, April 1st, we have the Florida Derby, a million dollars at Gulfstream Park in uh, Miami. We have the um, Arkansas Derby from Oakland Park. Uh, that's April 1st, uh, $1,250,000 for that in Arkansas Derby. Then we have uh, the Bluegrass Stakes uh, from Keeneland, uh, which is a million dollars on April the 8th. Then the Santa Anita Derby, 
a million dollars, which is on April the 8th, uh, from Santa Anita Park. And then we had the Wood Memorial in Aqueduct on April the 8th, and that's also a million dollars. And then the wild card event is the uh, Lexington Stakes. Uh, it's a mile and an eighth. It's $200,000 from Kingman. So that kind of says it all right there, folks. Uh, you've got to plan your racing out, and not only for it to help your horse to get to the Kentucky Derby and keep him sharp and conditioned, but you don't want to be throwing him into uh, races that he's going to be, uh, you know, competing every week, week in and week out against the number one horses or, you know, the top horses in the business. you got to kind of pick and choose your places. Uh, you want to make you want to make some money out of them, but you know you don't want to beat them up, and so that's why it's crucial uh, to sit down with the owner and the trainer and start planning that out this time of year. This is the time of year, the holiday season, that the the trainers uh, sit down and they seriously talk about how they're going to get to the derby. They sit down with their trainer and they sit down with jockeys. And they look at all the other horses that are out there that have been running, uh, like a Forte or a Curly Jack, and, and see, you know, what, where they're at and what they're doing. And then you uh, start making your plans. Uh, you know, this is the time of year you got to start making uh, transportation plans, uh, hotel plans. Uh, you, there's a lot you have to do this time of year and get on that road to the Derby. And having said that, once you've made that decision, you got to have a backup plan. What happens if uh, he gets a, gets an injury, uh, you know, or if he has to come out of training for a week or two? Uh, then what races do you go to? Where do you go to, uh, um, you know, to get him back in form again? And that's the tough part. Um, let me tell you, when that phone rings at night from this point on, from January 1 on, and that phone rings at night to the owner and the trainer. They're saying, oh, my goodness, you know, uh, it, it, hope it's nothing bad. Hope, hope the horse is good. Um, you know, so that, that puts tension on you. And then you got to, like I said, you got to make plans to get the horse there, uh, you know, fly and drive on them, you know, in the trucks, uh, private haulers. Uh, you got to make sure that they got everything that they need and, and then get back to your home base. And, and the key thing is, in this business, in the horse business, is to, um, uh, you know, get everybody uh, uh, on the same page when you're going to the Derby. And that, that's the real tough part about it. Uh, it's going to be uh, a very difficult uh, thing to do uh, to see if you can get them there or not. And speaking of the planning and, and everything that, um, that you do uh, when you get out here, uh, and and, and uh, it just turned into basically a thoroughbred show today. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry for that, but uh, next week it, it won't be as, as bad as it is uh, today for us and everything. But um, nevertheless, um, you know, we start looking at the at the races. Uh, we had uh, one here just recently. It was the Gunrunner Stakes. that um, was part of the programming uh, that uh, we had uh from the fairgrounds in New Orleans. And that, uh, you know, that kind of like finished up January. But uh, to show you how you have to prep for these races uh, and for all races that you're, that you're involved in, uh, it's gotta be, uh, it, it's a nightmare. Uh, I've been down this road and, and it's a nightmare to do because there's so much involved and you have to make your list up every day that you got a checklist that you go through every day and you check it off and, and you make contingency plans to do what you need to do. Uh, whether, you know, it, let's say, for example, you, you run into a tough race in Hot Springs and, and, at uh, Oakland Park and your horse gets, you know, uh, just really drains him. Uh, it's a tough race for him to go into and, you know, come out of. And then you don't want to throw him again like in the Louisiana Derby or the Florida Derby. You want to find a race that's a little bit lighter somewhere else. But, you know, then, you know, you have to readjust your plans when you're going. And it's so important. It's so important to be organized. 
and uh, you know to get on this road and to have contingency plans there where you go. So now, um, having said all that and everything, and I'm sure you're not going to remember half of what I said because I don't remember what I said on here. But the thing that I'm looking at now, and I worked with this gentleman before uh, in various stages of, of the uh, business here, and I remember when he first came onto the track. Uh, you know, uh, we were young guys then. Uh, but this is the 2022 in review, a record year for trainer Todd Pletcher. Uh, it's amazing what Todd has done. Um, with the stable earnings of more than $30.3 million, Hall of Fame trainer Todd Pletcher has enjoyed a record season in 2022. This year has been the stable's best since 2015 when he bankrolled $26.2 million and has surpassed Pletcher's former single-season mark of $28.1 million that he set in 2007. Uh, this year has been a welcome rebound from the recent seasons. Like many uh, outfits, Pletcher's fortunes took a dip during the pandemic uh, year of 2020 when his stable um, accumulated $11.1 million in earnings, the lowest figure since 2002. The season's earnings are also up for more than um, from a third in 2021. Another sign that the stable success this year is that Pletcher's trained horses have heavily favored to win three division titles when uh, the 2022 Eclipse Awards are announced next month. The likely champions are Forte, best two-year-old uh, male, Nest, the best three-year-old filly, and Malahat, the best older dirt female. So Todd could have three horses of the year right out of his barn. And, and that, this is key. Uh, Nest uh, would be a fourth one. Uh, she won the uh, Alabama Stakes in grade one in a spa in New York. So, uh, you know, he's got quite a few there. Uh, this would be the second time that Pletcher has trained three individual champions in a single season. Unsurprisingly, the other occurrence was in the previous best year of 2007. He had Rags to Riches as three-year-old filly, had Lawyer Ron as the older male, and English Channel as the turf male. So, you know, he kind of puts them together in threes. But, it's, again, it goes on how the stable goes for the year. Uh, you know, so it, it's just amazing. Uh, although quality has become increasingly uh, concentrated among a handful of two stables in recent decades, training three uh, individual champions in a single season is still relatively a rare accomplishment. Pletcher's mentor, D. Wayne Lucas, also accomplished this feat twice. In 1988, Lucas conditioned champions Open Mind, best two-year-old filly, Winning Colors as the best three-year-old filly, and Gulch as the best sprinter. Uh, that they had in 1995. Lucas was represented uh, by two-year-old filly, Golden Attraction, three-year-old male, Thunder Gulch, three-year-old filly, um, and three-year-old filly, Serena Song. So, you know, and they come together in threes, but if the barn's doing good that year, then, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it seems to, uh, you know, follow, you know, everybody follows it uh, there. So uh, I was I was really uh, interested in in seeing uh, you know how he compared and Todd's you know he's in the top three trainers in the country you know it's pretty good. The only other Eclipse Award era, uh, 1971 to present to do the same has been Bob Baffert. Uh, in 2020, Baffert conditioned three-year-old male, authentic, older dirt male, improbable, and female sprinter gaming. So those were the three that Bob had. So that that was uh, kind of interesting. That's a whole different story there with those three horses and how they got to where they got. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, the 35-year period before the Eclipse Awards in 36 to 1970 saw two trainers accomplish a single-season championship triple. When the mighty Calumet Farm was on top of racing uh, the world in the late 40s, H.A. Jimmy Jones, had three champions in 1947. Citation, two-year-old male, Bewitched, two-year-old filly, and Armed, an old, the older male champion. 
1949, the stable had older male co-town, uh, older female bewitch, and co-champion three-year-old fillies, Julie and Wishful. Uh, both years, uh, both, uh, in both years, Joan's father, Ben, insisted then on being the trainer of record for the same, for the races involving the enforcement, uh, the aforementioned horses. And also, it, it was, uh, it was interesting. Their little father, uh, you know, uh, son relationship. Uh, two decades later, Eddie Newell, uh, enjoyed a terrific year in 1967. As a private trainer for the Phipps family, his champions of that season were Vitalik, his two-year-old um, male, queen of the stage as two-year-old filly, and Buck Pastor as older male. It was uh, presumably be difficult for Pletcher to equal or better this season's accomplishments in 2023. All they Forte and Nest are scheduled to stay in training. Malahat is setting for the breeding uh, shed after two uh, division titles and, and male stars, Life is Good and Mind Control and Mo Donegal, uh, the Belmont grade one winner, have all been um, lost to retirement. However, at age 55, Pletcher figures to have many more years in which he to secure the unprecedented uh, uh, trifecta uh, of winning championships season. So, you know, it's all about, and like we talked before, it's all about management. It's all about management. And, and Todd has a great system uh, down. He's got fantastic assistants. He's got some of the best, best grooms in the country. His exercise riders are just unbelievable uh, in what they do and the knowledge they have and how they bring that information to Todd, you know, about how, uh, you know the horses are doing. It's same thing with the uh, with the uh, uh, grooms. The grooms uh, go uh, to the foremans, to the assistant trainers, and, and they tell them, you know, hey, the, this horse is a little sore. Uh, he's feeling, you know, all sluggish today. And, and, and again, it's all about management and how you pay attention to your operation. And it all starts with Todd. He's laid down an uh, a program. Uh, that, um, you know, is precise and it's on schedule every day. And, and there's a lot of communication between everybody in the board and, and even the hot walkers. Uh, the hot walkers might come in and tell the groom, hey, you know, this horse is walking slow. Uh, you know, it's leaning on me. Um, you know, and then the groom checks it out and then the groom goes to the foreman, foreman goes to the assistant, assistant goes to time. And then Todd makes a decision on what to do and how to do it. So, again, like we were talking about uh, in previous shows, it's all about organization, how you organize. Uh, it's about the feed companies that you have. It's about the blacksmiths that you have. It's about any and everything associated with your horses and training that, that make it go if you're organized. You just can't, you know, be, uh, you know, here today and, uh, working on this and then here tomorrow, you got to be consistent because horses are, are creatures of habit. And, and, and that's really, a, you know, a big thing. Now, we're going to get into something here that is close to me uh, because I'm a part of, uh, of the Sunshine Meadow, Palm Beach Down, Delray Equestrian Team. Todd trains his horses. Every year, the, the young horses come down and the older ones that stay in training. They come down to Palm Beach Downs and Delray Beach Road. And Delray Beach has turned out several derby winners, quite a few Breeders' Cup winners, and from out of the Pleasure Barn and from other trainers. This facility, Palm Beach Downs, is probably, well, I'm going to say it is the best thoroughbred training center in the country because this training center Palm Beach Downs, which is managed by Brandon Mills. Brandon Mills is a retired um, uh, bullfighter from the uh, uh, quarter horse industry. His family is big-time quarter horse people. He's, his mom and dad are in the Hall of Fame, the AQHA Hall of Fame. And Brandon is an all-around, 100% real deal 
horsemen. And he, he's all breeds, but Palm Beach Downs might be his his best project that he's ever, ever has done. His wife, uh, she's a top rated uh, barrel racer. Um, you know, they're just all horsemen, 100%, 24-7. And Brandon has taken Palm Beach Downs, and, and I know what he's done to it because I was in Palm Beach Downs back in the mid-'80s. And um, I know what the track was like then and, and what it had done. And then when Brandon got a hold of it about 10 years ago, he turned this track around into, uh, uh, you know, producing champions, you know, here and there and everywhere. And that's where Todd trains from September until April. He trains his horses there, gets some solid foundation under them, and then he sends them out, uh, you know, to the different tracks. So from September until April, uh, you know, Todd has 126 horses plus there that, that he has in training and getting them ready. Uh, the turf course there is excellent. Uh, the turf course is, is really excellent. And Todd's probably had the best year in turf racing that he's had in the last seven or eight years. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's all stemming, uh, again, how you prepare your horses and where you prepare them. And Palm Beach Downs is turning out horses right and left. Forte, you know, he's he's here and he's going to be on his way to the to the Florida Derby, to uh, you know, hopefully the Tampa Bay Derby maybe, and to the Kentucky Derby. Always dreaming a few years back in 2017 that won the uh, Kentucky Derby was right there at at Palm Beach Downs. Super Saver uh, that won the Kentucky Derby was was there. Uh, Monarcos uh, years back uh, came out of there as the winner. Uh, you know, we had uh, all types of uh, Breeders' Cup horses that were there, you know, and it's all part of the, the basics. So when you take the programming that you have, uh, like, you know, like I said, you got the owner, you got the trainer, you got the transportation, you got the feed, blacksmith, equine sales, you got derby prep races. You got everything all together from that standpoint. When all all those things are together, you can't get there unless you got a good place to train. And Palm Beach Downs is putting out the horses right and left. Right and left are putting these horses out. You know, of course, the trainer's got a lot to do with it and all the other things that we do. But if you don't have a good foundation under them and you don't have a good track to run on, you know, then then you 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 know you're chasing your tail, and these horses come out of here ready to run, and the, and these horses have come out of Palm Beach Downs and run all over the world. But Todd spends most of his time September through April at Palm Beach Downs. It's a small it's a, it's a small facility, but the track, the turf track, the um, dirt track is good. You know, it's just amazing. It's it's a uh, diamond in the rough. And we're going to see how many graded stakes winners come out this year. And then uh, in next week's show, I'll tell you how many how many uh, stakes winner and graded stakes winner and how many champions came out of Palm Beach Downs from last year in next week's show. And that'll give you an idea of what kind of facility this is. It's located in South Florida. The weather's here great September through, uh, you know, through April, uh, even though we've had a lot of cold weather down here. And we're close to Gulfstream Park. We're close to uh, Tampa. Uh, you know, we're, uh, the horses are a short plane ride to, uh, uh, you know, or a van ride to New Orleans, uh, to Hot Springs, Arkansas, um, you know, back to Kentucky, New York, to, to Florida, we, uh, to California. We got everything right here. You know, it's a phone call away of getting them wherever you need to get them to to get them qualified for the Derby or for the Breeders' Cup or any other race. And so that that's, you know, where where it's all about. And like I said before, it starts with the owner, and then you go to the trainer and the jockeys and, you know, all the people that we just talked about. But it doesn't do you any good unless you got a good place to train. And you got to start them out. And that's what I like about Palm Beach Downs. These young horses, these two-year-olds that get down here, that's their first real experience, and uh, you know, and, and the racing, uh, you know, training end of it. Uh, it's a good place. It's quiet. It's calm. It's secluded. 
uh, it's like a private training center for Todd. Uh, you know, there's there's him and maybe two or three other trainers, and that one of the other trainers there is George Weaver, and George Weaver's got a lot of good sacred runners out of there. Uh, you know, so it, it's all part of the the scheme of how they get there. There's so many components that you have to put together to get to the Kentucky Derby, and if you take any of those components away, that diminishes your uh, chances of getting to the Kentucky dirt, you know, and, and so that's why it's all so important, you know, to have all these things together and have the right people and the right jobs. That's where it all starts with. And so that, you know, and it's like anything that we're talking about in the equine industry, whether you're a quarter horse or just like, that's like here at, um, at uh, Sunshine Meadows Equestrian Village. Uh, we're a mile from uh, Del- uh, from uh, Palm Beach Sounds. Uh, that's our that's our other that's one of our facilities. But here at Sunshine Meadows Equestrian Village, uh, we have uh, standard breads, and we have show horses, and we have uh, we've had Hamiltonian winners here. We've had Breeders' Crown winners here. We've had uh, Little Brown Jug winners here, and this is all recently that we've had them here and over the years. And it's a training facility that's second to none in the standard bread industry. It's a it's a, a 90 foot wide track. It's a mile. We got a five eighths mile. We got a um, you know a half mile Euro track for the standard breads. And again, it goes back to the training. And you bring the two year olds here and get them ready, and then they go out and they they're winning nothing but races right and left. You know, we got some of the best trainers in the country here, uh, and we got. Horses and people from all over the world here for the standard breads have Lendy Farms, which is a, uh, which has been a tremendous uh, powerhouse for years in the standard bread business. Uh, you know they're they're good. So you know again that goes they get the three different tracks to train on, and, and that helps a lot. We also have a great show horse facility that's on the improved. Brandon takes care of all three of these facilities now, and he makes sure that they all run right. And our show horse facility here, and here in Delray, is just unbelievable. Uh, we have uh, Florida Atlantic University. Uh, we have their show horse team here. Uh, John Beebe uh, and Jane Fennessy are are the trainers that, that are here that are training uh, these horses. And we've got riders that go all over the world in the summertime and ride. Uh, these people are good. John Beebe, he's an ex-jockey. Um, uh, uh, from the thoroughbred world, he he was a very good jockey, and then he came out and he became an, an even better um, show horse trainer that we have here. And so I've I've nicknamed uh, Sunshine Medals as it's the place um, where from past champions to present champions to future champions. That's what we have here at Sunshine Medals, and so we're giving you know a lot of information out. Uh, on the facility, you need to get a hold of me, talk to me about it, and come and see the facility. See Palm Beach Town, see, um, you know, Sunshine Meadows and Delray Equestrian. Uh, that's what we're all about here. Uh, you know, we're, we're serious about this business, and uh, we like to have a good time, and, and uh, you know, it, it's really good. Uh, so come out and see. If you want to bring your kids out to ride, we've got a lot of good trainers that you know, give riding lessons. Uh, but, just get a hold of us. Uh, it's uh, International Equine Network, 561-466-1272. Or you can uh, email me at uh, ienequinetv at gmail.com. You know, and, and get a hold of us. Put, put your information up on our website and become a part of uh, our programming. And who knows, you might be a past champion. You might be a present champion. But even better, you might be a future champion. So tune in. Have a great New Year's. Have a safe New Year's. And then call us, uh, tune in to us next week uh, for our start of the 2023 equestrian season.